It's Guild Ball Tonight, your independent source for Guild Ball news, information, and conversation. Episode 78 for March 12th, 2018. All right, well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Guild Ball Tonight podcast. Now, I am your impeccable audio engineer, host Phil, and joining me tonight as a uh, as is usually the case is our blog star Bill. How you doing there, Bill? blog star i like that <laughs> well, I, I think i could get used to that uh well i don't know if the community could so uh so how you doing there bill <laughs> so uh amusing little story i was giving a i was given a 1500 word limit yeah. when i was very graciously invited to write a blog post um in true bill fashion if you actually copy it into word and let it count the words for you i had to apologize to uh mr perkins for uh, well, how did I say it? I got really close. I, on the other hand, have never <laughs> apologized to Mr. Perkins, despite many opportunities where I probably That's because you're have. mad at him or other people for, you know. I'm mad at him. You are so mad at him. I can never be mad at Perkins. I'm mad at somebody else. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you've made me cross off one of our news items, Bill. Um... We might as well. I made you uh, cross off the news item. I don't know. I guess we could get back to it later. So, what are we going to talk about tonight on the show? Well, um, I guess there there was an errata. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I I heard there was something something subtle. Uh, then something um, about fish, right? Uh, yeah, something definitely. I mean, it was all about fish. I think. <laughs> uh, the. Uh, the uh, those uh, those new special play cards are finally out. And we can definitely talk about those. They dropped uh, this week. And also dropping, I think just this morning, was is our first bit of Ratcatcher's fluff. Maybe we'll circle around and, and uh, see what happened there. If anything uh, particularly newsworthy came out of the, uh, the storyline. And then we will probably get into various and sundry tangents, as is our um, idiom. So, Do we uh, tangent? <laughs> what? Huh? So, uh, so Bill, what the, what did you think of the Arata? Now, I think on the last show, we were talking about how we expected it to happen soon. We were, we were, we were speculating on whether it would be subtle or, uh, large. We were, we were talking about whether it would be corrective or punitive, and I, at least, made a big deal about how I would like to have seen it also sort of reach down and lift up a, a few of the a few of the models that were uh, uh, dragging down perhaps the teams which you know are at the bottom of the pack. So what did we actually get? I was gonna say I've I've heard that comment a lot about the Serata, and I know we're late to the game. Well, no, we're right on time. It's been two weeks since our last episode. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, in, in, you know, um, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, not just podcasts, but a lot of people in general 
Um, people people say. Well, it's. I'm getting a unique perspective lately. Uh, I am splitting my time now between two, well, potentially three different guild ball metas. Mm-hmm. Um, two of which are on nearly the other side of the country from us. Well, truly the other side of the country, because I don't think California really counts. And they're still playing with game plans, or, uh, you know, GICs, so in alternate deployment. Um, I've heard a lot of people, podcasts and in person, talk about the fact that they were expecting a lift in that if you're going to nerf or lower and change for the negative as heavily as happened here, that you should also give a lift elsewhere. Right. Um, I, sure. I mean, I know you were also looking for some of the weaker teams to get lifted up. I don't, I see the two very much separate. Uh, mm-hmm. Would I have preferred a wider reaching rebalancing errata? Yes. Yeah. Uh, do I think like some people out there have claimed that, Steam Four is just trying to errata all of us to mediocrity. No, I think those people are idiots. <laughs> um, I think I don't think this was the errata that was necessarily needed. I would have gone a different way to fix the quote unquote thresher problem, which I feel is more of a quote unquote farmer's problem. However, it accomplished its mission, I think. Um, well, I don't I know. Thresher I mean, still... did win the Bourbon Trail Open yesterday. Well, sure, but okay. So yeah. <laughs> let's 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 go to the rankings. I mean, mm. you know, good players are still good players, right? Yeah. Um, my my opinion about the problem with the farmers as a whole was not centered entirely on Thresher, and was centered and was looking at the whole team. Um, I still think, I think with the millstone hit that has definitely changed things a fair bit. Um, I think that the tater and the, you know, the, the hit on tater, which I think is honestly kind of minor, um, until you combine it with thresher, Mm -hmm. I, I think those changes, you know, they're not bad. Uh, all those changes bring the team very much in line uh, with basically doing what was explained when we first talked about farmers, right? Let's do some planting with the planters, uh, wait for it to quote unquote grow and invest some time and some planning and then get payback. I still think they're the most forgiving team in the game. Uh, they just take a little bit more skill to use now. Yeah. Well, to so, that point, what I think is, I'm not, I'm personally not entirely satisfied with the farmer's errata for a couple of reasons. Um, I think that the, I think that first of all, I feel like it was a punitive errata as opposed to a constructive errata because basically they just took everything and made it smaller. And I do agree with that. However, I think that's wasn't that what we were expecting. Uh, I would have liked to see. I would have liked to see the 
the nature of the team stay a little bit more intact. Like I expected, I expected the change to Countercharge. I expected the change to Millstone's Aura. I expected some changes with Thresher's Reach and possibly his playbook. His playbook change is probably the the one that is sort of most in line with what with what uh, we saw. I think that the changing that I, I think making his reach a more complicated ability accomplishes very little other than adding a a more elaborate thing. I mean, I, I think you could have left it, you know, 3 inches on activation and just with everything, with all of his other ranges being reduced, I don't think that would have been the end of the world. It would have kept the card from becoming more complicated. Uh, I mean, just, I don't, I don't know. It just feels like, it, did it make the player uh, better? It, not, well, I, I, let me rephrase that. They, they didn't, they didn't make the player more polished. At a lower power rank. They just made him a lower power, but also less polished. And and it it feels like his ability changes. Right. His his ability changes introduce complexities and make him harder and less fun to play. Whereas I think that they could have made adjustments just to potency. Because I mean at the end of the day. I feel like the farmers went from a team that I felt like I could play to a team that I no longer feel like I can play. Now, because Phil, you know the, they're not fish, right? <laughs> because the the thresholds on positioning now for far, for harvest markers for the different play, you know, for the triangle of Thresher, Millstone, and Tater, and where the harvest markers are, like the tolerances on all that placement is now, you know, a hundred percent more precise. You know, you yep. used to be able to to just kind of put them on the board, and Jack Straw would bounce around in the back, and he'd drop a couple harvest markers, and you're good to go. And if you were an inch off here or an inch off there, you could usually make it up in the charge. But now with him only getting a two inch reach out to to the harvest markers that he needs to fuel his abilities, you know, your target and those harvest markers have got to be meticulously placed. And I just feel like the, the, the degree of difficulty on farmers has gone up. So what they did is, I feel like they took a team that, while it was always a complex team, and it was never a team I would suggest for a beginner, they took a team that was kind of on the easier end, or maybe maybe on the more forgiving end, and they made it unforgiving. Oh, okay. So I was with you yeah. right until you got to that last sentence. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think they That's took a fair. team that was the most forgiving and made it forgiving. Yeah. Okay. Well, this, this perhaps. Is like saying, this is like saying, wow, we took you from your tricycle yeah. 
and we made your tricycle into a bike with two sets of training wheels on the front <laughs> and back. I don't know. I feel like I feel like we're, we're I feel like we're on like penny farthing territory with this bike. <laughs> so because I just I don't know. I think that I still feel like there is a void in in Guild Ball for a direct uncomplicated team. Uh I think there's at least three of them. <laughs> well, Fish and Butcher. They're some of the most direct, non-complicated teams there are. They have an incredibly low skill floor. And then they ramp up, I feel, fairly gradually. And then you have Farmers, which have a bit steeper of a ramp, but they're built on a cushion of foam so that if you slip, oh, it's okay. <laughs> It's okay, little Phil. We'll yeah. just get right back. Well, up I will there say again. that that the the fact that I can be effective with fishermen probably does validate your point, but I can't play butchers for for the life of me. But that's probably because I'm incapable of actually getting takeouts. Right. Um, a... I also feel like if the, if butchers that. were if butchers were a good entry team, they would be mid table instead of uh, uh, okay so i think butchers are still incredibly strong in the early game yeah it's when you start climbing to the middle skill levels yeah that they start to fall off because they have some very specific problems right they there's i don't i don't want to turn this into a butcher conversation but there are very specific problems with butchers that if well, they nobody were to ever wants them, to have a butcher conversation anymore everybody's afraid of it. I mean, look, I, <laughs> butchers have pretty, it's pretty easy to see where the problems are once you get to mid levels of play and up to high levels of play, right? Yeah. They don't have a good, they don't have a good, uh, they can't attack into a good counterattack at all. Well, mm-hmm. they, they're they still suffer. horribly, they, they still have like no repositioning outside of meat hook. Right. Yep. No repositioning. They do a ton of damage, but the minute you learn how to soak or avoid the damage, that's what they do. Yeah. And they struggle to get beyond that. Right. And, and some of their best hitters can be contained. Right. But in the early game, when people just want to run into you. Yeah. They're, they're they're fantastic. They're devastating. Sure. No, I mean, and that's all that, that is all true, but I still think that they're, I, I'm getting a little frustrated with new teams being more and more. Uh, yes. More and more elaborate. Teams. Oh, okay. Elaborate. That's a good word. Right. I mean, we saw, I mean, hunters are a, are a, a clock that has to be wound correctly. Uh, you know, farmers are, are are also a a a more involved team to play than than many because you have you have the added elements of the harvest marker economy. Yep. Um, blacksmiths just forget it. Um, not only do they have weird construction rules, they have weird influence and they just are, well, they're janky. Impossible. Yeah. They're janky. And it's like, 
you know, what we've seen of the rat catchers. Also janky. The combination, right, the combination of the disease mechanic and uh, very limited model availability, I think, makes them a team that is <laughs> that is going to require a certain amount of finesse. Look, I think this says it all, right? Bryce, uh, Bryce in an interview talked about the fact that one of the proud points of almost positive it was Bryce. But one of the proud points he, uh, he and the design team have about the rat catchers is their captain is a striker who doesn't actually go score the goals himself, but makes other people go score the goals as a striker. And that says it all. I mean, that's, that, yeah. that is, that is such a, it is an indirect team, right? Completely indirect, but not less powerful, just very indirect. But when are we going to get the team <clears throat> to play when you're drunk? You know, when are we going to get the team to give your kid? When are we going to get the team to give an absolute beginner? You know, I mean, the Chicago guys on their last podcast, Alex, Alex had a little, a little question about this and he and I wound up uh, discussing it at length afterwards because it's a point that I've been, I've been harping on Perkins about this point for literally years that they're not. They're only making teams more elaborate and more and more complicated. And at some point, like, why can't we just have a team with two bruisers, two strikers, and two midfielders? So let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you hmm, if you make a team too direct and it, it's too, it, don't you run the risk, right? Don't you run the risk of either being too easy to use and forgiving. Thus at top levels of skill, it becomes nigh unstoppable mm-hmm. or right. So thus it becomes overpowered or it is so bland, plain vanilla. Everybody on the team is a four-one defense and armor. Everybody on the team is a five, you know, five-seven move, or, or yes. you know. But it's it's so plain vanilla that they're really it's not that interesting. Well, I so think I think that the risk is more on the uninteresting side. Do you? Because I think that it will not be difficult to make the team bottom third quality. But, you know, as far as that early game goes and uh, as sort of a learning tool, I think that that would be valuable. I think what would happen is a team like that would come out. It It wouldn't set the world on fire. People probably wouldn't be winning major events with it because it probably would not be that powerful out of necessity. But what you would see is it would be a game, it would be a team that you could fall back on when you wanted to play something just a little bit less fatiguing. Okay, it so would let me be, ask- Well, wait, let me just get a couple more points in. And I think that the second thing that you would see is that because it would be a boring team, it would actually stand to make Steamforged some money because it would never be anybody's only team. 
right? Like you would get to a certain point if that was your entry to the game as a new player or a young player or something like that, where you see in every one of your matches, the guy on the other side is doing much more interesting things than you. And once you have the, the core of the game uh, at a point where you fully understand it, then you can move up to the next level of team. You know, you know, you could go play some some fishermen. You could go play some some union. You know, and I think that it would be. You know, we're going to have twenty two teams in a couple of years. Why can't one of them just be easy? Okay, so so hold on, so. I just looked up boring jobs, and apparently frozen pee tester is the number one most boring job in the world. So, in, in, the Agricultural Standards Guild it is <laughs> right. So, in the in the Agricultural Standards Guild (ASG), yeah. what does your ASG bruiser look like? Like, give me some ASG bruiser stats. Obviously, he's on a forty millimeter base. Yeah. Um, I think he has tough hide. Okay. I think he has low knockdown. I think okay. he has a, he has a charge reachable high damage, but not a standing hit high damage. So you're talking about like a tax seven and like a three on the five. Eh, maybe a four on the yeah, like a three on the five, four on the six, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, I think that the whole that on the bruisers they've got momentous damage. On the strikers they've got momentous dodges. Um, on the midfielders you get momentous guild ball plays. I think that you've got so that's kind of your your brute bruiser. Then you've got <laughs> probably a a slightly more charge oriented bruiser. Okay. So maybe you've got like a fang tooth and a a brick, uh, a brick or an avarice type. Um, you know, f- for your striking core, we're not talking about flint and mist. You know, we're talking about a Friday and a um a Friday and an angel, right? Like hmm. good, but not. Friday and an angel. So, uh, so maybe, maybe they don't get amazing escape moves. Like they don't get where they go. Is it a Friday or is it a, cause Friday has a lot of problems striking, but is it more like a brisket? Yeah. I mean, maybe something more, but, but you know what? By Friday and angel, I just mean nowhere they go. No, uh, 22 inch plus goal range. Like we're talking about a 20 inch goal range. Maybe an unpredictable in there. Maybe a two-inch dodge in there. Uh, you know, a two-inch dodge character play. What's that called? Acrobatic, I think. Yeah. So tackles on one. Tackles. Uh, maybe one gets a tackle on one. One gets a tackle on two, three. Somewhere in there. You know. So you've definitely got an A striker and a B striker. Uh, the big, the big thing with this team, though, that I think is, and the captain. It's has... not. Well, no. Let's not worry about what the captain has because I think what what we're burying lead on is what this team doesn't have that makes it 
Okay. A, a less complicated team is it is it would not be as interaction dependent as other teams, right? So they've got few, if any, auras. They've got few, so if no any. No commanding aura, no right. harvest markers, no right. traps. Minimize, no, minimize no the reliance up. on tooled up. Minimize the reliance on on singled out. Maybe have traits on the specific players that mimic those effects for themselves. So like a a you get plus damage on a player with a specific condition or something along those lines. So so rather than having it be all about the interplay between the characters, make it more about self-contained units. Like what what the union I think was supposed to have been in the first place. You know, right. six self-contained units out there on the board playing the game. And I think but that not you good. Could... So this is the this is the not good union. <laughs> so that's what you want. Well, but I think but that sub you. I mean, this is this is just a for instance, right? Like I think you could also make a team that has a lot of interactions, but nonetheless is fairly easy to play. I think Masons are a team that has a lot of interactions that's still fairly easy to play. Right, like there is a there is a way to be, uh, sort of active interactions. I think are easier to play than passive interactions because positioning is not what as you, important. Yeah, I was gonna say, what do you mean by active interactions? Well, active interactions being like effects that you place on another player during the activation of the placing player. So a tooled so, out or a singled out. Okay, you know something like that, or um, superior strategy. You know something like that where where one player is giving another player with a lot of, with a lot of room for mistakes, right? Like auras I think are, are more difficult because then you've got the positioning puzzles. So you're basically describing harmony masons minus Flint. And I'm sorry, you're talking about, yeah, you're talking about honor masons minus Flint minus harmony, <sighs> but with less jank, you know, without the <laughs> counter charges, without the superior strategy, Without okay. the football legend, without the linked, without the yeah. So I mean, like you've got to take so much away that it's no longer honor Mason. And and Masons also, I mean that you're you're also in saying Masons, you also mean something very specific about their defense scores and their playbook layouts. Um hey, you're talking again about a four one average distribution across playbook. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as a for instance, like I think we could sit down and build a team that would sort of meet this requirement of being a low mental investment team, bottom half of the power grid, fun-ish, but eventually boring. Huh. And eventually boring, I think, has to be part of the design. Because this is supposed to be a gateway drug. It's not supposed to be for anybody be other than team. probably me. <laughs> it wouldn't be like your your forever team because And I think they all eventually you're gonna be jealous that yeah. the other teams do all these cool things and your teams you've got two guys to kick the ball and two guys to beat people up and two so, guys that so just kind of sit in so the what do we call things. them the the wine pressers and they <laughs> i kind of like the agricultural feet. standards killed <laughs> <laughs> the 
bruiser, bruiser. Oh, somebody's got to have bare feet. Sorry. Yes, actually, uh, Yoris has <laughs> to has bare feet. Basically, it's some, somebody in that team has to have bare feet because if I'm if I'm making them now, so somebody's gonna have bare feet. Number one. Yep. All right. Um, uh, the it's gonna have it's gonna have a uh, it's gonna have uh, a, a great mascot. You know, I'm thinking like something like a uh, Billy Goat. Oh, well, I like uh, that. Yeah, or like a uh, pangolin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, no, no, come no. on now. It has to have a duck bill platypus. <laughs> no, there would be no Australians in this field. <laughs> the whole southern hemisphere could just fuck right off. <laughs> <laughs> But not a uh, pony. No. Well, I've already a got pony. a pony. <laughs> I got a horse. So, so uh, yeah. I mean, like, I just I think that it's in. I think that it's not a design. It's not unreachable. And in like I said, in a game with twenty two teams, having a team that's good at both kicking and beating. And isn't overly complicated, and just makes a great starting point for Guild Ball. <laughs> Never expands beyond six players, so it has to be a minor guild. It has to have. That's not even, fine. It needs That's to have fine. Our players. design space right now is all about the minor guilds. Yeah. With no ma- but it has to have no major guild. It has to be a minor guild with no major, so you only get the six. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because we can't give them choices to go. Well, to no, eight. they could have choices. It's just got to be like no. the most boring choices in their parent guild, right? So, so let's say, like for instance, if they were the Masons Minor Guild, like they can, they can have. Uh, they tower can't have no. They can't two. have tower because tower is full of buffing. <laughs> granite and uh... oh god, not granite. Granite's too complicated. Maybe they can't That's be true. the Masons Minor Guild. <laughs> I'm thinking that they just can't be the Masons Minor Guild. They could be, let's see, whose minor guild could they be? Uh, maybe they maybe they are the union's minor no, guild. They're the union minor guild. They get base rage. Yeah. Because mm. base rage is about as direct as you can get. Okay. Base rage and fangtooth? And fangtooth because we got to put fangtooth somewhere. <laughs> uh, decimate. Not overly complicated. Active buff. Good player. Yeah, that's not decimate. Bad. Decimate would be fine. Base rage would be fine. And those are also uh, base rage is. is yeah, uh, we're getting too deep into the weeds here. I don't know, but <laughs> I just think it could happen, and I've been wanting it to happen for a long time. Now, the fact that I want something to happen, um. You know, Despite a couple of months ago, that, sometimes, that would have meant it was the next guild coming out. Right. Sometimes I can wish these things into existence, and sometimes <laughs> I can't. I think one player might have been the extent of my ability to wish things into existence. <laughs> you know, yours again has nailed it. Fangtooth already has bare feet. He already has the bare feet. That's true. <laughs> and he's got pustules, which apparently is a big thing for uh, for guild ball players. So, no, I just, you know, wow. let's throw that out into the universe. Let's throw it out into the universe. You know, we're not the first ones to say it. We definitely elaborated upon it very much. Uh, because 
you know, sometimes the things I say to Jamie, I think Jamie just says, Phil's a freaking idiot. I'm not even going to justify that with a response. However, I will give Jamie credit for this. So let's let's bring this whole conversation to a screeching halt and get back to the errata that we were talking about before. <laughs> because one of the points that that we were that we we're saying is that we were a little a little disappointed to not see players being buffed at the bottom end. Well, when I was discussing the errata with Jamie after it came out. Because I like to touch base on the day that erratas and stuff come out with, with Jamie and yeah, see what he thinks of nobody, the reaction. Yeah, nobody really <laughs> touches base with him on that day. I mean, it's a quiet <laughs> day for him. Right. Well, I always like to see what 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 c- certain people in the community uh, think about major events. I like to check in and say, you know, hey, what did you see? Especially since I don't I don't use what book. I don't know what's going on even though people will inevitably send me screenshots of like the, the damn fires. Um, <laughs> so, so I checked in with Jamie and I, and, and we got to talking about why, you know, I know, I know like the, the, the stock line about why there wasn't buffs introduced because they try to make the minimum number of card changes on these mid season changes, you know, all that blah, 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 blah. But yeah. Jamie basically like to his credit, he like completely set me straight on this issue. And I have to say, that there actually is a very significant change happening in the very near future, which will do what an errata to the lower tier teams possibly could have done if the design is oriented. You don't mean the game plan cards, do you? No, I don't mean the game plan cards. I mean the Union and Chains box. Oh, the Union Chains box. Yeah. Right? So if you step back and you look at, at who gets a player in that, butchers, morticians, brewers, hunters, farmers, and who's the, who's the other one? Morticians, brewers, uh, and engineers who didn't need one either. So, um, but four of those six players are going to four of the lowest sort of consensus tier teams in the game. And, you know, one player well-designed can can have a, a pretty significant impact on a team when kind of what we were hoping to see was maybe one player per team just rebuilt, right? So I think that he had a good point there. I will give him full credit and full honor for that. And, but now, of course, he's sort of on on notice, right? Because now he's he's put that out in well, the universe. Well, now he's got to fix it. Yeah. Right. So now these players better do <laughs> what is advertised. <laughs> because if they're just more crappy players, then, you know, what was the point? Um, so, Pause there. Okay. We are pausing. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Do 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 do
Do do do do. Light and lovely, Athena will walk. Go from Ipanema goes walking, and when she does, the men all say, "Oh my!" That's not actually the words, but it's kind of close. I don't think that I have heard the song in like a million years. Do 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 do. <laughs> ah, Bill's back. I think we now owe Sergio Mendez like a dollar fifty. Uh, so, so you were saying, um, I don't know what I was saying. I forgot. I've been doing the girl from Ipanema for four minutes. Let me ask you this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Based off of what you have said, if we look at Union and Chains is bringing in players, with the exception of the farmer player, who we th- uh, rumor was she was going to be a captain, right? But she may or may not be. Everybody else seems to be a player. Do you think... Or do you have the impression that Steamforged has shifted their focus from trying to impact the game with captains to trying to add in influential players? And part of why I'm asking that is when I look at how, when I look at the models that are being brought into morticians, because that's the first place we're seeing brand new players in a while. Yeah. Even with the minor guild coming in, you have Pelage being pulled up into Morticians. You have Skulk. Skulk makes an impact. And I even said it after playing him through SteamCon weekend. He's made my list. The majority of games I've played with Morticians since he's been available. Right. I'm seeing a lot of people really like what Pelage brings to the table in Morticians. And then we have, you know, the argument being we have a mortician hemlock coming who is potentially going to bump the morticians up as well and she just looks rad yeah well hot topic rad so (laughs) i like hot topic rad uh well you know everybody's gonna type so anyway um (laughs) well i think that the i don't feel like that there is a desire to do a third captain for every team or perhaps for any more teams like i actually would be a little surprised if honor was a captain i wouldn't be shocked i might be a little surprised um you know i think that she might be the first player to sort of fall down in Mm. in terms of of rank uh you know, I think that the that the era of new captains was a specific phenomenon that happened in season what two about- because it was that was the time to add new captains, right? So, what about the fact that we're seeing captains get hit? Yeah, right. We have Thresher, we have Shark, we have well, Obulus, they still define have- their teams, but. I think that 
the idea of introducing a new captain as a way to to change the playstyle or to give a playstyle option now comes with the overhead of a third captain, which is a kind of a big deal. So I I, I expect that that we're mainly going to be seeing uh, changes to uh, what do they call them now? Squatties. Yeah. In the new guys, squatties. I think, I think, uh, well, you can go I think I used to play bass for squatties. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> what kind of band would squatties be? Like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like maybe squatties is like a, uh, <clears throat> it's like a, a frat party band, right? Like, uh, they do like 90s rock covers but not like grunge like like late hair metal uh, <laughs> but you know yeah you, you can't pick your bands uh let's see uh what uh i mean what what do you, what do you think uh, uh do you think that there would be room for a third captain on every team? Is that something well, they could I'm do not short so sure. term? Yeah, I'm not so sure about... I, that That wasn't quite where I was going. Not so much about adding new captains as much as seeing a shift where they're upping the power of players while looking at potential nerfs to the captains. Right. So you think that they're trying to normalize power? Between yeah. player types, uh, I'm I'm wondering. I'm you know, it's asking the question. <laughs> I'm just asking questions here. <laughs> I'm just asking leading questions with implications. <laughs> uh, Who me? <laughs> well, you know, I think that I'm going to think out loud for a moment, and you make of it what you will. I think that the the process of designing a game where you have one very powerful player, four middle tier players, and a weak player is fraught with dangers from a balanced standpoint. And that it would be easier to hit your mark. It would be easier to accomplish your goal if you were only being asked to get six in the pocket instead of, you know, four plus two outliers. Right. And if we were to live in a world where those top players in particular were balanced downward with the possibility that the middle kind of comes up a little bit on average to meet them, it might be an easier game to keep level. But I'm not saying that that's happening. I was just thinking out loud. I was just, um, that was my inner monologue at this moment while I'm actually thinking about monkeys dancing. So, um, wait, is it time for the monkey dancing song? No, that'll be in like 20 minutes when I run out of stuff ah, to say. Okay. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, wow, that was, uh, 
43 minutes on errata without actually talking about the errata. So that's pretty good for us, Bill. I think we've accomplished talking about nothing better than any other installment of this show in recent history. I think history. so, too. So hey, let's so go ahead and move the... on to some cards. <laughs> well, before we do that, I'll ask you the quick question. Like the errata question being quick. Yeah, yeah what sure. do you th- What do you think about the Twitch stream and the rats? I know we kind of touched this when the first Twitch stream came mm-hmm. out. We've now seen two. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have the same opinion? Has it changed? And what do you think of the rats now that we've seen both sides of the, uh, I still think it's a good idea. Um, I think that I, I, I think that it'll be fun as a way to introduce a guild. I wonder what, what will keep the, the interest going beyond the introduction of a new guild. Um, but I do still think that it's it's a cool way for them to tease and to, you know, uh, to, to to sort of elaborate the the principles of some new part of the game. So yeah, no, I think that, um, I think that it's I think it's going in the right direction as long as that road isn't too weird or too long. I think it's it's fine for now. Yeah, yeah. I um I am definitely intrigued by the rats. I am yeah. We'll see where it goes. I hope uh I hope people pick them up and uh enjoy playing them and that that branches them into new guilds. I wonder how strong they will be perceived. Uh that was something that we got some pushback out of the last show where I had said you know, I had received a lot of questions about are things being put out more powerful, new guilds being, it was their power creep. And, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see what the feeling is about the rats. I've already heard some rumbling after people watch it. And I think that power creep is also easily conflated with jank. <laughs> True. True enough. So. Hey, Phil, there's brand new game plan cards, and we can throw out three seasons or, yeah, three seasons of uh, plot cards now. Well, I mean, really, you probably threw out your first two seasons of plot cards anyway, right? Or at least in my case, I I, I put them in a box (laughs) of, like, Guild Ball treasures, which includes things like (laughs) beta paper dolls and icy sponge tokens and uh like the first four versions of the cards and oh gosh what else is in that i mean like there's an amazing archive of things you don't need to play guild ball anymore in that box so so i was god this goes back maybe six weeks um i had a day i was working from home and things started to get slow Mm -hmm. so i started to just take screenshots of the kickstarter cards for certain models and drop them into <laughs> drop them into discord as people were like you know blah 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 is way too powerful now and i'm like oh really here's scum yeah here's his beta scum how about how about some beta black heart yeah uh, you know with commanding aura yeah yeah, uh, original oh god i don't even remember all the ones i dropped um the one i remember the one i uh, the one i found was when Velocity was the dude who is now Ratchet. 
And oh yeah, they the mixed robot up all the striker. names. Right, Salvo was originally named Velocity. Or yes, yeah, Salvo. Right, not Ratchet. Salvo. And, and Velocity was something else completely different. Yeah, Velocity was named. Oh god, this is gonna drive me crazy. Um, <laughs> it's not a name that's in use though. It was like. Uh... Here we go. Hold on. I can get my... I just opened them up. And then the one that was like the slow burn match yeah. was I, I dropped some of the old... Are the old fast ground rules? <laughs> just, a, just a screenshot of them into... Uh, yeah. uh, okay, so here you go. When Colossus used to be called Walker. Walker, right. Yeah. And Velocity used to be called Torque. Torque. That's it. Torque. Torque and Salvo was Velocity. Yep, yep. I've got those paper dolls. Um, yeah. No, the best the best rule, I think, to bring up for people who weren't around in the Kickstarter era. See, this is one of those tangents that we were talking about. It is. The best <laughs> rule that I can think of to bring up for people who weren't around in the Kickstarter era was the old deflection rules Yes. for terrain where you literally needed a protractor. <laughs> yes. Okay, so how about this one? If you remember this from the uh, side notes of this this uh, Alchemist pre-release, okay. if an AOE touches another, they all gain the abilities. <laughs> oh wow! Right, fire touches smoke. Yeah, both that's clouds true. Block line of sight and cause burning. That's true. Oh god, those old AOE rules were crazy. Yes. Those, oh man, that was something. Ah, uh, when all of the clouds used to just mix into a pungent stream <laughs> of disgustingness. So, uh, uh, so anyway, so there's these new cards. <laughs> so hey, yeah, so there's some new cards out. So <laughs> you've had a chance to read through the uh, the game plan cards, right? Yeah. So for those who have not heard about it, game plan oh. cards, eighteen a deck of eighteen cards. Yeah. Uh. They have text. They have a blue circle. They have a yellow circle. The blue right. circle is your what you now add. Right. It replaces the you, die roll. Replace the die roll. Mm -hmm. So you add it to your momentum. And then the yellow circle is your plus or minus or just straight no you know modification to your influence for the turn. Influence pool, right. Which is um, kind of the unexpected part of the game plan cards, I think. I think that was... yeah. That was the part that kind of like I, I was expecting everything else, but the influence modifier was kind of kind of uh, caught my attention immediately upon seeing it as a so uh, a big tilt. A couple of keys here: you uh, basically shuffle up your deck of eighteen. You deal out seven cards to each player. Mm -hmm. You each player discards two cards, so they have five cards to play. Right. No card on turn one. Right. So the first time you play your card is on turn two. Right. You add the initiative modifier, the blue circle, to your momentum that's remaining. Right. That determines who plays, who has initiative. Mm -hmm. That person now decides, do they play first or second? Go first or second. You do whatever is on the card, but both players do, with the person who has initiative having priority. And then you continue your turn. Right. So without going into the abilities, what's your first take 
just on this change to how momentum works. Uh, also knowing that the range is plus one to plus one to initiative up to plus seven now. Right. And, uh, the, um, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to miss the tension of the die roll. I mean, there's going to be the tension of the card drop, but I think that the, like the, 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 the luck factor isn't there, right? Like, you can feel like you got lucky on a die roll. You're not going to feel like you got lucky on a card drop when it's been in your hand for five turns. Right. Um, I'm going to miss that a little bit, even though from a from a strategy game standpoint, being able to s- sort of pick your luck and to plan your your turn sequence, not only around what, effects you want to put into play but what momentum shifts you want to have and to be able to to sculpt your momentum retain pool based on what card you think you're going to play next turn and you know i mean like as a currency the 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 uh the initiative modifier on these cards is a vastly superior game mechanic it gives you more and more interesting choices to make in the the flow of the game and and makes the momentum currency in a way even more valuable than it already was but it loses the randomness and the the unpredictability of a dice roll right like right and and that i think is is it comes into the question of what is more valuable to the game of guild ball is is tactical acumen or random outcome more valuable in the big picture and i think that that that's probably a question that is almost down to taste like i will acknowledge that from a game design standpoint what they have switched to is, like I said, it's entirely superior. But I like chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like Fair. the last turn of a game where it's it's ten to ten, and whoever wins initiative wins the game. Being a dice roll. So good news for you, Phil. <laughs> if you can't anticipate what card you're your opponent is playing yes you could still force the die roll yes yes that that is in in some respects true especially if it's been a long game and you've seen the whole deck (laughs) right but i do think that there is something to that that moment when the dice drops and both people react right like there is something to that that will be missed but it will not be missed more than the gain we get in terms of quality design in the alternative. Yeah, I would rather that stand up. I mean, what you're describing is a, the stand up dice roll, the stand up last move. Right. And I would rather that stand up table side moment be the dice roll for the for the winning goal of the game, or the dice roll for mm-hmm. you know the questionable dice roll for the last swing of the game, unlike 
the mostly reliable, I'm just going to beat you down with my captain <laughs> until I win, yeah. uh, which is how most combat games end. Yeah. Um, I am intrigued by the game plan deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am intrigued and I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I have already gotten multiple games in. So this, I, I am, I was super excited to get this in my hands for a couple of reasons. One, I wanted to get experience with this because I believe it's going to be available and that's what we'll be using at the spring fling. That is my goal is to have these available and usable at the spring fling. Right. Um, so I wanted to be able to make a good judgment before, you know, committing to that on the spring fling. Uh, the second thing is I think it's a cool change to the game. So I have played as many games as I could get in since they've been available to me. I've played my morticians, my blacksmiths. I have played, um, why do I feel like, oh, and I've played my union, right? So I've played a vet rage union. I have played a Trisket union with them. I've played obulus morticians with them. And I have played uh, Blacksmiths, which, of course, is Ferris. Um, all four of those teams were impacted differently mm-hmm. by my game plan cards. Not by the cards I got in hand, but by the fact I was playing with the game plan cards. Mm-hmm. Um my morticians team, I spent more time in, and we didn't really go into the abilities, but each of these cards also has abilities on them. With the morticians, I was focused more on the abilities on the cards, not on my momentum, you know, whether I'm going to go first or not, because it was not terribly difficult to get to plus seven or plus eight momentum over my opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, through through a number of ways to include them playing Obulus. So if they ever got a decent ways up, I could just guarantee that turn I needed by stealing their momentum. Right. My uh, Vet Rage actually was similar, even though he wants to go first all the time, because I could more easily control momentum. Yeah. They it, Now, not quite as easily as I can with Obulus, but because I can generate so much momentum, I was driving the amounts of momentum up high. In that game, my opponent was not... It basically had given up the race for momentum from the beginning. It was trying to rely on the cards. So it was very easy because they only go to a range of seven. All I did was add two to my normal... Normally, I'm trying to get plus five over my opponent to guarantee I go first. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just trying to get plus seven. <laughs> and in a lot of times, if I've thrown away my, my ones and twos, I'm just trying to get plus six. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can do the quick math and go, I had this many in hand. I still don't know the, like looking at it, I know the distribution, but like off the top of my head, I don't know the full distribution, but that'll come in time. So I, in those shifts impacted me with every team a little bit different. Um, my blacksmiths, the most important thing, the first thing I did was get rid of every card that had negative influence on it. Mm-hmm. Right? I didn't care what the ability was. I could not afford to be down an influence on my blacksmith's team. Okay. So that the fact that it has impacted my gameplay from the beginning, I think is a cool fix. And it's I don't think it's just a 
a couple of people I've talked to have already talked about the fact that they feel it's a no-brainer. You take all the plus seven, you know, plus seven initiatives, and you take as much plus influence as possible, and that's your hand. I mean, that, that's that's one way to approach it, but it dismisses the impact of some of the better effects. Right. You know, I mean, Midfield General, which is an amazing card, it might be my favorite card, is only a plus three and it's a plus zero influence. Every player on your team gets plus one, plus one move. Right. I mean, I'll lose the initiative to have plus one, plus one move on every one of my players, you know? Um, I, it's a strategy, right? I mean, I think that I think that the design here is all about choices. You can choose the effects that best suit your playstyle. You can choose to to go to go high to go heavy on your initiative modifiers and try to always go first. You can try to get extra influence every turn. I mean, like you've got three different axes axes, I guess. So that here's you get to play with. I don't know that they're equal, but they're all valid. Right. Here's something I presented to one of the guys in Denver I was chatting to about this. Um, so if I only have, if I have good abilities, but I only have low cards in my hand, I know that from the beginning of the game. Mm -hmm. So if I take the time, and part of this is skill with the game, but if I am skilled enough as a player and I take the time to think about the fact that I have a plus two initiative card in my hand that gives me plus one, you know, plus one, uh, influence. And I have two plus threes because I didn't have the best draw around. I can start to plan from turn one that the ability is good for me or the influence is good for me. And I'm just going to assume I'm giving up initiative turn two and turn three and play my game more conservatively and then if for some reason I do win initiative, I just give it up anyways. Like mm -hmm. it, it actually allows you to start to play instead of, I, I don't know what, it, what I had pointed out to him is don't always feel like you have to push for the initiative because a lot of times your opponent's going to feel that way. So now you actually get some benefit back to just planning to go second. Yeah. And you can play more conservatively. You can now. I'm not advocating holding back, and I know there's been some complaints about some of the American meta doing that. Right, kill the ball, hold back, make him come to you, grind out. Uh, you know, the clock is the number one win condition. You know, all that bullshit. I'm not saying don't play the game. I'm not saying be a dick. But what I am saying is, you now get some benefits to choosing to be a bit more conservative in your play, a bit more protective. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, that's I mean, an interesting in, add to the game. In the previous in the in the previous iteration of the game, really the the benefit uh that you could get from sort of playing to go second was just a lot of healing. And right. here you get, you know, some influence and some of the stronger card effects. So I mean there actually is but that that comes down to that triangulation, you know. You've got this is very much a there's three things pick two cliche come to life right you know fast cheap and good pick two is now you know influence initiative and effect pick two <laughs> right now do you think this is too complicated for new players um 
I mean, do we need a, a agricultural standards guild set of cards? <laughs> no, I think that it's, uh, well, let me, let me replace that question with a question. Were people who were new to the game using plot cards to begin with? Often the answer would be no, right? right. Like I a would, lot of I people would. would no. Well, yeah, a lot of people I, I I think would set aside plot cards for either super casual games or teaching games anyway. So if well, I'll give you, but hold on, let me give you another scenario there because I've actually run into it recently. People who picked up the kickoff mm-hmm. in a store that doesn't have an active pundit didn't even necessarily know about plot cards until they got far enough in after multiple games that they showed up at their store to buy their next model and went, well, what are these cards here? Yeah. And then half the time they ended up getting sold the big league deck. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Fair. Well, I mean, you know, the, the plot cards were always like the easiest thing to cut out of the game to make it a, uh, a quicker game, not even a quicker game, but just a less involved game, right? So I think that if these do present any difficulty at all to new players, not using them and going back to momentum plus die roll for them would be be fine. Now it'll be, it will be interesting to see how the season three, four, four, season four rule book uh, is written on that on that point. You know, will it present kind of both of those rules? Because right now, it's very obvious in the rule book how to handle the game if you're not using plot cards. I've I've had a vision. Okay, I've had a vision of Perkins. That's hunger. Frantically writing. Yeah. Shit, forgot about plot card or game playing cards in relation to in, in relation to season four. Make sure I put both rules in the book. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's more likely they're just going to put the one. But I think that would be fun if they didn't. Like they need like a like a two page section of the season four book of variant rules, right? Like I think that would be not an unwelcome thing at this point, since there are so many little things that that you can do and not do in the game at this point with alternate formats and things like that, that, you know, maybe a little, a little optional rules section, a little, you know, that is very specifically put together as these are not for competitive games. You know, these are optional rules because a lot of games will present the optional rules and then they become the de facto standard for competitive games. Right. I think, which in this case is exactly what we see. Yeah. Right? I mean, not all of the alternate roles, but this is, plot cards are, in, in addition to the game, that is part of competitive play. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, I mean, you already mentioned Midfield General. Without going through all 18 of these cards, yeah. what are, like, the three standouts to you? And I say standout being both either... Ways. <laughs> yeah, both ways. Both negative and positive. Right. Um, well, I really like Midfield General. It's probably my favorite. Uh, my least favorite to to get played into is probably offside trap because <laughs> it makes shots and snapshots cost more momentum. <laughs> it's right, just so totally messes trap, me up. Uh, plus one, plus one uh, initiative, plus one influence. 
An enemy model must spend plus one additional momentum points to make a shot or snapshot if it is closer to the friendly goalpost than any other model. Oh, see, and this is a fun one because our friend Schlegel had a hard time with the English in this. Because his question was, is this Flint is closer to the goal than, or Flint is a shorter distance away from the goal than uh, Mist is? Or is this Flint is further away from the goal than he is from Mist? Mm. Yeah, I can see where you can confuse that, but I think it's, it's I think clearly it's intended to be the relationship between the kicking player and the goalpost. And other players in the well, goalpost. Yeah. If he, yeah, it's got to be closer than... Right. Um, Basically, if you're inside of their lines, yeah, you, you're offsides. <laughs> okay, so midfield general, offside. What, what now, else now the offside trap, I think, is a card that I would like to play, and I do not <laughs> want to play into it. Um, seize the initiative is kind of fun. I mean, it's one of the it's one of the ones that gives both teams the same benefit, which so makes it a card that I would be less likely to play. Like one of my things would be, I want to play cards that only affect one side with the positive going to me. Either it's a negative against you or a positive for me. I don't want to play as many of the cards that give both teams an instantaneous effect. Right. Because I feel like I'm giving something away. So I have had at least one game so far where Seize the I, I got Seize the Initiative and played it. So just to be clear for everybody, mm-hmm. Seize the Initiative is plus seven mm-hmm. on the uh, on the um, initiative, mm-hmm. plus zero on the influence. Uh, starting with the player that has initiative, both players choose one friendly model to immediately make a four inch dodge. Uh, that was now what makes this most interesting is the other, there's only two plus seven initiative cards and the other plus seven is at a negative one influence. Right. And most of the um, plus sixes are, I think all the plus sixes might be. Yeah. Oh, well negative one influence and it has a negative, t- uh, uh, basically a, a penalty ability on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the I was playing against a player who felt like this was a gotcha card. It kind this of is. was not, yeah, yeah not I, only I the best card in here, but actually was the it's the new don't touch the hair in his mind. I don't agree with that because don't touch the hair was so positive for one team. This I think okay. this I this card I think you look at it and you think I get the benefit of the plus seven initiative. I don't lose any influence. And I get to make this four-inch dodge. But much like playing Lucky, you got to remember that the other guy gets that four-inch dodge. And it's, you know, like I said, I don't want to give anything away. And especially not a four-inch dodge. Like, that was the reason, I mean, Chris Rudder loves Lucky. He thinks that Lucky brings so much to the game. And he loves using the I get four inches, you get four inches ability. I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) I hate playing lucky because I just don't want to see your guy go four inches. Right. That, you know, uh, get a four inch dodge. that I can't do anything about. And I gave you, I hate that. I hate that so much. It just goes against every, 
everything about me is, is just don't give something that powerful away. So it's, I feel like it is a gotcha card, but it's a gotcha to the person who played it. It's, it's a very dangerous card, I think, in a lot of ways. That's it's fair. one I probably will not have. Uh, it's one that if I get it dealt to me, I'm probably putting it back. <laughs> I don't even want to have it in my hand. See, and it's funny as because it's it one that that's actually one of the ones I was going to, that stood out to me yeah. one because I've already had a player have a negative reaction to it. You know, yeah. uh, Oh geez, this makes, you know, he, I mean, his original feeling was he wanted to play against the deck again because he felt like that one card through his entire, his entire take on the deck off balance. Mm-hmm. Um, now grudge match is one of the other standouts to me. Okay. Uh, is that can, the one tell... where everybody gets, uh, <laughs> everybody gets something the plus one attack. No. Plus one. Oh. So this is, uh, oh, right. Okay. So everybody gets plus plus. This one is plus six to your, to your, uh, Initiative. Oh, I hate this card. Okay. Negative. Yeah, keep it's talking. one of the only negative one influences <laughs> that I have not consistently thrown away. Yeah. And this is the one where both of you, starting with the person with initiative, mm-hmm. pick an opponent's player and that player gets singled out. Yeah. And it's, I have consistently played, shouldn't say consistently, but I have regularly played where the first thing I do is drop out of my hand all the negative ones mm-hmm. and then see if I have enough cards to keep. <laughs> all right. And, I, I think that's right? a valid strategy. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is a negative one that I, every time it's a you know, couple of times that I've had it in my hand, I'm like, Oh, like I had this card with vet rage. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, when will I get the initiative? I'm far enough up that I can guarantee the initiative. I can burn some stuff off and vet rage is about to charge. Oh no, not vet rage. Gutter is about to charge. Yeah. Okay. Knock down brick. He gets singled out. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it was just, it was disturbing. Yeah. Um, yeah. This card my... kind of sucks, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> this card kind of sucks. It It's definitely got some gotcha in, in the, in the, I'm going to hose you way. Right now, this is this is this is a friendship busting card, is what this is. <laughs> this is a friendship ending card. I, I I just want you to know that. The other one that I found amusing, I I, I really, I, you know, you've already said that one too. I I liked midfield general. The other one I found very amusing was um, keep the ball moving. Keep the ball moving is yeah. all right. It's plus four, so it's right in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's a zero influence. Uh, plus zero influence, yeah. but all friendly models gain plus one, plus zero kick. Yeah. I actually got that with my Triscuit team. Oof. Right? <laughs> so that team going up to four and five kicks was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, that's, that's a card that, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to have five in my hand, that's, that's going to be a contender for that five every time. I like that one too. I so, like it a lot. Let's talk a minute about a couple of things I had noticed. Um, here's a good one. Wingbacks. Mm-hmm. So wingbacks is an interesting card to me. Um, wingbacks plus four initiative plus zero influence. Mm-hmm. Each time 
A friendly model activates within eight inches of the edge of the pitch. The friendly model gains Shadow-like, which gives them a free two-inch dodge at the beginning of their activation. Mm -hmm. One of the challenges I had with this was a lot of times I'm positioning my models right at that eight-inch side of the field, which means that if I also have, let's say, a vet spigot who gets a benefit from being eight inches from the side of the field... Uh, who else has? There's a couple of other people that have. Veteran brisket, veteran spigot. Um, yeah. Who else they're has? they're the two I'm thinking about, right? Yeah, they're the they're the two like standouts. I think there's yeah. a third model with a. Basically, if I have board. any reason, if I have any reason to be near the side of the side of the pitch, and I use this, it potentially bounces me out of the side of the pitch. Now I get it. We're talking about only a couple of corner cases here. But it was one of those things that I went, huh, I wonder if that's enough to actually, you wouldn't think about it until you start playing it. And then you're like, oh crap, if I take my shadow like the way I want to go, I just got boned. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, Um, keep keep that in mind, I guess. The other thing if they... Is 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 the the ability that's on spigot and brisket? Are they both flagged as start of activation? Because you might be able to do. It that's might be point. that the timing falls that you still get the effect even if you shadow like first because it becomes a it becomes a timing question, right? So yeah, my my feel was that it was like when spigot, they start in advance or something, but maybe I, I was wrong about that. Bigot. Uh, point on your boot says while within eight inches of the edge of the pitch this model gains poise so he would lose it yep and if we take a quick look at this is scintillating radio why i flipped through a deck of cards (laughs) if we look at vet brisket we see that she has uh, that's regular brisket. Um, <laughs> um, there we go. Veteran brisket is a steam con card. That's why I didn't see it first. So she has support from the wing, which is also a while within. So yeah, in both of those cases, they would lose their ability if they bounced out. So you are correct. That is a bit of a gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I guess it helps a lot. Like, if I have a bunch of blacksmiths and I need to bounce away from the edge into range at the beginning of my turn, mm-hmm. I could that it becomes a timing thing. Yeah. I just, it's one of those things that I was like, wait a minute, there's stuff out there that is measured. Not, I mean, yes, the current plot cards go away, which is what I think most people probably had the immediate reaction to of wingback, the, the current plot card. That's already gone, though, right? That's not in consideration anymore. True. But there are other abilities that are measured, like those two, that are measured from the side of the pitch. So that was just one I had a thought about. The other thing I've noticed about the plot cards, which I think, I mean, it took me probably two games, but I'm slow to pick it up. There's a number of the cards that affect models on the pitch during the maintenance phase when you play the card which means they can't be affected if they've been taken out. So you're not going to single out my model that got taken out because this card gets played before you return models to the pitch. Mm. Uh, You're not going to be able to give the plus one, you know, there's a, somewhere in here, there's one that gives plus one tack. Mm -hmm. 
Um, uh, let me see. Back, keep the ball moving is everybody, but there's one of these. Where did it go? Um, here we go. Go for the knees gives one friendly non-captain model plus one tack. You can't give that to somebody who's who was taken out. Mm-hmm. So there's little things like that that uh, definitely, you know, timing on these becomes an interesting part of the game. Yeah, and that, that's actually good points to make for, for people who are new to these cards, which I guess is everybody. Um to to make note of those timing rules um that you just uh pointed out with the the offboard players that is a very good uh frequently overlooked rule which is a segment that we haven't done in like 65 shows <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh let's see how long have we been at this hour 20 minutes you know I think I think I have, have about run out of gas. It's I not think a show. we're gonna What do you mean it's not a show? I said is that a show? Oh, I think I think that's going to be a show. I think that there's other, there's still more stuff on my list of stuff to talk about. But I think I uh I think some of it is just going to have to wait. But hey, that leaves us more content so, if they have a slow two weeks. Very true. So let me just toss two more things in before before we say yeah. goodnight. We want to plug. We want to plug a couple of events before we get yep. out of here. Number one. Yeah. Uh, we have hit the ninety percent reliability mark of having live streaming at the Spring Fling this year. Excellent. So I have to review a couple of videos by the team that's going to be doing it, but they have been practicing furiously on other games, not Guild Ball. Um, in doing their streaming so everybody should go check out the beer thralls uh the beer thralls will provided nothing goes wrong be doing the streaming uh the beer thralls do some they do one of those other games that war machine and hordes thing that everybody used to like Mm. so um but um that's the spring fling news uh other than love 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 the sponsors this year which the sponsor announcement is coming out uh shortly uh second thing Everybody out there who is not the four people from Chicago who is near Canada needs to be prepared to go out to the East Canadian National Championship in June. In June. Uh, June June 2nd. And they need to do this simply... To get it's it's in Quebec, Canada, and they need to do this just to go give Kevin, Mister Guildball Zone Stewart, a hard time and say we're here because Bill said to go. <laughs> because I haven't given Kevin Stewart enough headaches over the years, and then ask for a hug. Oh, because he has promised free hugs to everyone that shows up and says I sent them. <laughs> People should go to this anyways because it actually get as long as they hit their thirty two people, which is what it's capped at, it will give out a um, yeah. it gives out not only a ticket but I think plane fare and it's it's one of those get get into the worlds thing. Yeah. So you can go be the one of the two polite Canadian competitors at the next world championship because <laughs> everyone knows Canadians are polite. 
And Kevin that, will give out free hugs if you yeah. tell him that I sent you. Absolutely. You know, I would I would like a free hug from 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 Kevin sometime. <laughs> Kevin Guildball Zone, Stuart. You betcha. So you so know that, that's June second. I think in that uh, I think that if I were to if I were to get to Canada, I would be hard pressed to 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 want to come back. But that's that's not that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> So, uh, and what, what about, uh, what about Northern Virginia? Is there anything happening there? We have a whole lot happening up here in Northern Virginia, (laughs) actually. Uh, uh, it's amazing. So we have a, we have a, uh, well, first I need to say a huge kudos to Jan Falange, uh, ex quartermaster. The Jan Falange. The Yawn Devil Squid Falange. Um, Yawn ran a great tournament the other day at a brand new store called the Gritty Goblin up in Southern Maryland. Yeah. Uh, the Gritty Goblin's an amazing store out here on in the Northern Virginia, Southern Maryland capital region. Mm-hmm. Um, really nice place. I recommend people go in. And then they, the, oh God, there's a tournament coming up there. We have a Rat Catchers release event coming up. Um, we, we are spoiled for events, unlike Florida. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. So, uh, anybody, uh, so I got asked the other day, Phil, if there's even a guild ball scene in the Denver, Colorado area. And let me just assure people every other week. So basically if it's not a release week for guild ball tonight, chances are that's because I'm in Denver. Yeah. Um, crit castle out in Aurora is a fantastic place. Jason, the manager, uh, on Thursday nights and is often there on Tuesdays is absolutely awesome. Has stayed late while I've been playing games. Uh, both Chris's Chris clock and Chris long Greek name with an S, uh, uh, you know, I, I do bad with that, but both Chris's are awesome. Crit castle is a really good place to go. And if you're down in Colorado Springs, those guys, holy crap. I was out. They had four games going and a game of God tier. Two amazing pundits. Uh, just like the whole crew down in Colorado Springs is awesome. So people should go check them out. Cool. Cool. And what about uh, you want to? What's going on in Florida? rain this morning uh you know that's that's about it uh everybody needs to send phil love if you if you go to disney send world love come, just, yeah, just 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 come play games with me come play games that's right send them hate but go play games yeah exactly all right very good well i think uh i think that has been a show so let's go ahead night, and phil. uh i'll say good night bill I'll say goodnight, chat room. I will say goodnight, listeners at home. And I will say goodnight to anybody who is not included in that Venn diagram. And uh, <laughs> with that... Uh, Have you been Phil? I've been Phil. And He's I've been, been Bill. Bill. All right, goodnight, everybody. Good night. Knees up. Watch the knives. To join the conversation, comment on the show post at guildballtonight.com or email us at guildballtonight at gmail.com. Also, feel free to give us five stars on iTunes. Every little bit helps. But when you do, 
Don't write a review of the show. No. Instead, just tell everybody why you love Flint so very much. Guild Ball is property of Steamforged Games Limited. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guests are their own and do not represent the official position of Steamforged Games, Yo-Yo Dine Propulsion Systems, Aperture Laboratories, or even the other hosts and guests. Dogs barking can't fly without umbrella. It is time once again for another installment of Ox's Poetry Corner. When she walks, she's like a samba that swings so cool and sways so gentle. Se ela soubesse que quando ela passa O mundo sorrindo se enche de graça E fica mais lindo por causa do amor Thank you.